And we're back, boys. College back. football tailgate. Um, now, we're back in the studio. We didn't record on Sunday. So, uh, one quick note for you, boys. Michigan beat Ohio State. Mm, and it was sure fucking amazing. Yes, Michigan won. It was incredible. And you took the bedboard lead. You're I, now up 11-10. That's right. Now you, now, the board. you asked last Woo! show. Now, you asked on the Sunday show, which we didn't end up posting, but... Uh, you asked what if if you've ever had a lead this late in the season heading into the bowl. Uh, uh, you games. looked it up. I looked it up, and I didn't have to look far. I went back twelve months. Guess what? I had a lead. last year at this exact time That's of the year. That's not a good sign. You had a lead of the exact same score. Didn't I get destroyed last year, or was you're, that two years ago? Well, no, you you were up. So this year you're up eleven, ten, and one. Uh huh. That's the score. You're up eleven, ten, one. You're up one game. Last year, heading into bowl games, you were up 11, 10, and 1. <laughs> and you ended up, I, I went on a run last year in the bowl games. I won last year 22, 13, and 1. <laughs> All no. the bowl games. Oh, no. I went on a 12 and 2 run. So oh. we had the exact same record That's last year at this point. And heading into bowl games, yeah, you were up 11, 10. So okay. little little nugget there for you. All right, uh, so it's not over then, as it turns out. No. Turns no. out that uh, we don't cash tickets at halftime, Tyler. Yes. yes. Um, incredible. Well, uh, I'm still excited that I have a one game lead. It's still something, and we have we're breaking down the five the the Power Five Conference Championship games this week, uh, and there's some really good ones here. Like, there you know, of course we have a couple of big spreads, but we have some really big ones or, or some really big games that have great spreads, and I'm super excited for it. So uh, we're gonna start off with Friday night, the Pac-12 Championship game. This, we're sending the Pac-12 out on a great note, by the way. Mm. This is I love this matchup. I know the spread is big. By the way, Oregon, 9.5-point favorites here uh, versus Washington. This game being played in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. It ticked to 10 this morning. 10? My go- is, 10. That, is that the consensus? Though? No, it's 9.5. Okay. It went back down quickly. Gotcha. Okay, so consensus is 9.5. But this opened up at, like, what, 7? Yeah. And so it's up. Um I love this matchup, by the way. This is a perfect send-out for the Pac-12 because I think this is a very anticipated matchup. And this matchup will d- like ultimately decide who's going to go to the playoff. I think whoever wins this game, clearly if Washington wins, they're in the playoff. I think if Oregon wins this game, they're in the playoff as well because then they redeem their loss against Washington. They get a, lo- a win over a top-five team. And, uh, and and you know at this point, you know I think they've proven themselves. Now, uh, it's a great send-out for the Pac-12, which I love. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're probably right it's going to be a shit show this year it's going to be so fun if you're not a fan of any of the teams right but (laughs) but but if you are a fan it's going to be very stressful because there's so many there's a log jam right now yes and this year's playoffs and this is exactly why you need 12 teams because what we should be playing for is a buy with all these conference championships not the right to maybe get in right but with oregon washington you know oh the winner's got to get in right yeah i know it'd be a one loss oregon and we have to see how th- something shake out, but I feel like one loss Oregon, frankly, jumps an undefeated Florida State. If Florida State beats Louisville, that's my opinion. Oh God, I mean, I don't know. That'd and and well, they, don't, they may not even have to jump them, but they take Washington's place. I think that's what you'd see. So yeah. uh, we'll find out. But anyway, Oregon is nine and a half point favorites here. Now, my opinion on this game, Tyler, I said it pretty much all year long. I thought Oregon was the better team, um, and yeah, Washington beat them at home right earlier in the season. That was what, like week seven or something like that. Um, I I think Oregon's a better team, but I can't believe this number is this big. I I feel like this is a slap in the face of Washington, oh. and I know that's not what spreads represent. It's not a representative of disrespect. But if I was a like you're giving Kalen DeBoer and this Washington team like the easiest motivation firepower to say wait we beat this team and we're nine and a half point underdogs. I think it's just way too many points. 
Uh, I'm taking the Huskies plus nine and a half, Tyler. Yeah, I'm on the same side. And I actually told our uh, Patreon listeners to, uh, on Monday we did a podcast and- Shout out Ivan. uh, I said, we have an asymmetric risk scenario here where if it goes to 10, we have a great bet. If it goes to nine, it's not that much worse than nine and a half. So- Hopefully everyone got a 10 today or at some point this week, but if not, you know, I like the 10. Um, it's still at a point at 9.5 where we can wait. If there's money that comes in on on Oregon, then it'd be great to take Washington plus 10. So there's no need to rush right now and make this bet early in the week. Contrary to a lot of the other bets that we talk about, you've got to make early. Not this case, not this scenario. And usually with the underdog, that's the case, right? right. You want to wait and see what's going to happen. So um, I think it's too much in my power ratings. I've got Oregon right around seven points better. So right around a touchdown, and I do give the coaching staff uh, for Washington the nod. Like they're a little bit better, I think, and the prep. The look what happened in the first matchup. I know everyone's going to say, "Well, it was in Washington," but it still matters what happened on the field. Sure. And right. these teams are still the number one and number two passing offenses in the country. Yeah. I mean, they really can be efficient throwing the football. Oregon's got some injuries on the back end in the secondary. Questions have been asked of that Ducks secondary later in the season. And I know they've been efficient. Like the 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 Ducks defense is eleventh overall FEI defense in the nation, which for those who are new to the show, FEI is a stat I like to use all the time. It's a very condensed way to talk about efficiency and the eleventh best defense this year in Oregon. But Injuries, secondary questions. I think Washington has a good matchup here to keep this within nine points. Remember, it's not to win the game. It's to keep it within nine points. So um, once again, for the top five uh, passing schools in the, in, in the, uh, are in the Pac-12. Yep. So you look at the country, top five passing schools in the country, number one, Oregon, number two, Washington, number three, LSU, number, th- number four, USC, number five, uh, Washington State. So... It's the same story, you know, different Pac-12 this year. It's a better Pac-12. Man, RIP to the Pac-12. I know. This is the last Pac-12 game ever. It's crazy. What a bummer, man. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So just to go over those FEI stats for both teams, Washington, offensively, number seven, FEI. Defensively, number 31. Yep. That's not a bad defense. Oregon, number two offense, and number 11 defense, like we said. So overall, I'll go with you, Washington. Plus nine and a half. I think it's a good matchup. By the way, I saw something posted on Twitter earlier today or yesterday that showed some like uh, lines for potential playoff matchups, right? And um, oddly enough, Oregon was a two-point favorite over Michigan. Does that surprise huh. you? That and again, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure which book posted these. Yeah, so here's the thing is Oregon has been rocketing up yep. the uh, – the power rankings. Yeah, the power ratings. They've been upgraded really substantially. One of the most teams this year in mine, in, in the market, and everyone's. They've been one of the single most upgraded teams. But I still look at my power ratings, and I think that's a bit of an overreaction. Let me let me pull this up real quick. So When I saw it, that was so... Uh, Michigan was not a favor. Oregon and Georgia were the only two teams they weren't favored over in, in all the playoff scenarios. Hmm. Okay, uh, so... Which I found interesting. My power ratings, I've got uh, Georgia... 30.2, about, points better than average. I've got Michigan, 28.3 okay. points better than average. So I've got Georgia about two, two points, points better than Michigan. What about Oregon? I've got Michigan, 0.2 points better than uh, Oregon. Oregon. Oh, wow. So I've got Michigan, 28.34. I've got Oregon, 28.11. So it's a pick on a neutral for me. In that game, I'd take uh, Michigan. Interesting. Very interesting. So I wanted to ask you guys something real quick. Um, today I saw Pro Football Focus 
um, elected Washington as the luckiest team of this college football season. Like the TCU? Yeah, so last year they elected TCU. So oh, is man. this just kind of a click thing? Is there any credence to it, you think? Or I mean, they've had a lot. Of, they definitely have had some close wins, and they've like they've looked shaky at times. But I don't think it's like – it's not nearly like the 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 luck level with TCU last year was like yeah that was crazy absurd. stuff happening at the very ends of games for sure um, and yeah Washington has had to like scrape by a couple but they didn't like win on hail marys or blocked you know field goals returned for touchdowns or anything like crazy like that like I'm not sure they always uh, performed as well against some of the teams that we expect them to but I wouldn't quite put it as lucky but I'm sure well, there's yeah there's, there's, that there's go probably into that. more the that. I mean, I'm sure there's, yeah. Like Turnover said, luck and things like more that. More that goes into it than that. It's probably a deep system, but but my issue with that, even as complex as the as that model might be to predict those things and uh, to show which teams are lucky, you know, I, I'm always careful with this. Whatever we're talking about, especially with college football, because you get these wide variants, like it's crazy what happens in this sport and college basketball too, like mm-hmm. college sports. And I'm always careful with these luck things because – it's really tough to tell in college sports. Is it really luck or is there a reason why this keeps happening? You know, it's like Tom Brady in his career. It's like, well, in one score games, Tom Brady is well, well, is it lucky or is it? Well, eventually right. it's Tom Brady. You know, it's, so some stats are just the truth showing themselves. Some are, are not. So I always wonder when it comes to, to that and I'm always careful with it, but yeah, just uh, and this was the first time I've ever heard of them doing that. So I, yeah, right. I just wanted to get your opinion. So on it. luck is actually something that you always need to quantify, and everything that I do with my models and my numbers, luck is another way to say hmm. what's the margin of error or what what could be happening in these games that aren't due to the factors we can measure that are influencing these games, right? So there's different ways to like define luck or quantify luck, but that's in sports, that's what that means, but. You always need that in everything you do in, with numbers. You always need some element of luck. So um, I think that's interesting. They're pub they're publishing that and showing that. But I'm not sure if Washington's just not a good team that's used to winning good uh, close games. Therefore, are they lucky or are they good in close situations? Right. So okay. interesting. Okay. Well, we're both on uh, on Washington plus nine and a half. There. I hope it's a really close game. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, but we move on to Saturday. So we start off with the Big 12 championship game. Texas currently a 10.5-point favorite over Oklahoma State. Now, my initial instinct when I saw this this game, I'll admit, was uh, Oklahoma State, this is like a prime spot for them to, you know, outperform expectations, right, and play against a team where I feel like the betting public will certainly be on Texas. So it's like, hey, this is a great opportunity. We, you know, Oklahoma State struggled against BYU, so let's jump on them against Texas here. But then I started to think about it more, and it's like, okay, what do we know about Oklahoma State? Like, they want to run the ball. That's their That drives their entire offense. And Texas has, like, one of the beefiest, nastiest defensive lines in the whole country. So I think Texas is primed well to defend the run game against Oklahoma State, and I don't trust Alan Bowman to be the guy to take over the game for Oklahoma State against his Texas defense. And the other factor, too, which I got to give a shout-out to my dad here. Shout-out Scooter. He get, he put this one in my head because I really wasn't thinking about it, but Texas has serious motivation to win by margin in this game because right now they're behind, what, Ohio State and uh, who else in the playoff? I mean, like, like they're eighth or ninth or something right now, seventh, eighth, ninth in the, in the playoff rankings. If they have any shot at getting in, they have to win this game, and they probably have to blow out Oklahoma State in order to 
hurdle over teams like Ohio State or Florida State or you know a one loss um, you know uh, Oregon or something like that. So I think Texas has a ton of incentive to run up the score here and say, hey, we're a playoff team. So for that reason, Tyler, I'm taking te- uh, Texas minus ten and a half. So this is a really interesting matchup. You know, the Big 12 championship is always a game that I think has so many really, really unique storylines. And and this year, let's start with the overall perception of these two teams. Like, what do people think when they think Texas football and Oklahoma State football? For Texas, I believe the people think, are they back? Or they are back, right? It's on those question marks. Are they elite? Were they not? People are questioning right now, how good is Texas? And the question is, are they in the top four, top three, top two, right. maybe top 10, wherever you fall on that? Oklahoma State, I feel like a lot of the narrative and the perception is, how the hell did they get here? How the hell did this team get here, right? And so I want to just talk quickly about what I've been saying for years with Oklahoma State. And it all started for me on this podcast in 2001. And people who've been listening for a long time to this show know it goes back a couple of years. And there was a segment on ESPN. That 2001? I, 2001, a couple years ago. 2021. Oh, uh, sorry, 2021. <laughs> sorry. I was yeah, like, no, no. Podcasts were in a More thing than in a couple years ago. 2021. Yeah, remember that pod I started before podcasts existed? <laughs> 24 years ago? Yeah, so uh, 2021. Okay. There was a segment on ESPN. I think we may have played it on the show. We may not have. I'm not sure. But it was Desmond Howard, a couple other guys talking about the best coaches in college football. And this was during the 11-2 and two season, right. one of the many double-digit win seasons for Mike Gundy since he's been at Oklahoma State, and no one brought up Oklahoma State, and or Mike Gundy. And it's like, whatever, because they did a post-segment where there was another roundtable, and the roundtable talked about who they missed, who they missed. They missed this guy, they missed James Fennett, missed this guy, missed this guy. No one then. And so I came on this show the next uh, day or week, whatever it was, and I said, "This there's a problem right now with the perception of coaches. It's too short-term. It's too, what have you done for me the last year or two? It's way too narrative-based. And I'm about to prove that in a second with coaches who have won coach of the year. Right. It's bizarre, These th- this list. And I feel like what happens is on this show and, and generally in life, when you go against narratives that are kind of strong, people label you as a lover or a hater, right? I've been labeled a Matt Campbell hater on this show for a long time. No doubt about and it. I, but, but I try, and look, it's become kind of a shtick to write the song about him before and those kind of things. Sure. But the the way this started was I, I always said I want to be fair to Matt Campbell, but everyone's seeing one thing, and I'm seeing something completely different. So I just come on here and say what I see, and therefore I'm like a, some hater, this happens with Mike Gundy. It's, it's everyone saying one thing. I, I simply go the other direction. All of a sudden, I'm a lover of Mike Gundy. The, you know what? It's it's kind of similar to like politics, right? I feel like these days, it's mm. so heated in politics. If we need you, more politics on this podcast. If, <laughs> if, if you say, whether you wear a red tie or a blue tie, the other person, you know, why don't, we, a just, bow tie. Why don't we just listen to him for a sec? Right. Right? Whether, I don't care what color tie you're wearing. If you just say those words, you're automatically, oh, you love them, you love them. It's like, no. but we, giving Mike Gundy a platform. Is this what is what doing. happens, though. And so this is kind of what drives me crazy about this idea of, oh, you love them, oh, you hate them, because I say something that I think is true that no one else sees. And also, I think there's the perception amongst maybe you guys or my friends that my dad liked Oklahoma State. Sure. And so I, I have this thing to kind of like them, too, and I cheer for them. This is nothing about what's going on. All I'm doing here on this podcast, I think that people listen to this podcast for a specific reason. There's a lot of college ball te- or a lot of college ball content out there, 
And I feel like what you get with so many shows and radio shows and podcasts is rinse and repeat. You get the same stuff, good quarterback, bad defense, good at rushing, bad at whatever it is. I feel like people get something different with this pod, and I don't do this to be contrarian. I don't do these things because I want to push the envelope or push ratings. or blah. I truly believe these things. I truly believe what I'm saying here. And so when I when I get up on the soapbox and I'm talking about Gundy or Matt Campbell or whatever it is, I don't have any agenda except to let the audience in on something that I'm thinking that no one else is talking about. So that's where this all comes from. Now, some numbers here. If you look back in the entire history of this sport, you go back to Bear Bryant, the top five coaches all time against the spread. And as we've talked about, win-loss, fuck win-loss. You can be Nick Saban in Alabama and just milk that win-loss all the time. Like, Does that make you a great coach? Maybe it does. But there's a lot of win-losses that don't represent how good you are. What represents how good of a coach you are is against the spread. Because by definition, that is how good are you against expectation. The spread is expectation. If you're expected to win by four, you win by one, you're not exceeding expectation. You win by 10, you're exceeding expectation. In the history of the game, here are the top five coaches ATS. Number five, Steve Spurrier. 50, Shout out. 57% against the spread. Number four, Nick Saban. 57% against the spread. Number three, Bill Snyder. 59% okay. against the spread. Wild Number cats. two, Urban Meyer, 61% against the Boo. spread. <laughs> Number one, Mike Gundy, 63% against the spread. Wow, wow. This is literally, from a standpoint of how do you perform compared to the expectation of how you should perform, there's never been a better coach in the history of the sport. And those not are Nick long. Saban, not Bear Bryant, not we have Lou a Holtz. lot of data points with all those coaches. That's, like Gundy's exactly. been doing this for a while. So those are the undeniable numbers. And, and by the way, something that is just bananas, he's never won coach of the year. And in his tenure, since he's been at Oklahoma State, these are a list of coaches who, won, who have won that award. Scott Frost, Ed Orgeron, mm-hmm. Mike McIntyre, who was with the Buffs. Remember that year in 2016? Mike Wait, McIntyre. Ed Orgeron and the... Oh, sorry. Yeah, just kidding. Coach of the Year awards. Yep. Scott Frost, Ed Orgeron, Mike McIntyre, Gary Patterson won it twice... <laughs> Gus Malzahn, you guys, this is my whole point with this stuff. This is why I harp on this. I don't do this for any reason. I have no agenda. I don't have any fandom. It's just I see something that to me is so obvious no one else seems to see. So so when I get on here, I don't like to make a fool of myself. I like to get on here. Wouldn't it be silly if I'm saying this about a team that went like 3-8 and eight this year or who, who under... They never do that. They, if anything, it's bizarre what they can perform in a year where they have the one of the worst rosters in the, in the Big 12, probably the fourth worst, and once again, they're in the championship. Okay, so, so them? Plus ten and a half. having said all that, he's taking Texas. I'm on Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker, I knew it. Well, but but look, no, just I because I said that stuff doesn't mean we blindly bet of Oklahoma course State. Sure. But I say this all the time. It's it's so important to recognize the, the strengths and weaknesses these coaches have. Gundy and that coaching staff deserve a lot more credit. Now, having said that, I am on Texas, and I think that Oklahoma State has kind of. They've ringed the washcloth this year, okay? I don't know how much they have left, both physically and schematically. So, also, Texas will mention this. They've got the motivation to pull, to pull away. Big time. They've mentioned... They, they, uh, you, Scooter, right? Yeah. That, that's a Scooter special right there, we'll call it, because <laughs> he stole my handicap. I, that, that was one of the big things. Is We always talk about that on, on the show. Not is a team capable of pulling away, but do they have the motivation to pull away? If Saban and Alabama are minus 35... And they're up 30 with the ball. Do they have the motivation to go down and score? Texas, in this case, absolutely has the motivation to win 55-0. I mean, keep that score going. So I agree with that. When it's all said and done, I like Texas here to kind of pull away, expose what Oklahoma State doesn't do well. 
and we have to tip our caps to, to this coaching staff in Oklahoma State getting here. No doubt. It's going to be a long game for them. So we're on Texas. Okay. Love it. The SEC championship game. This is the big, I think this is like the biggest matchup of all the, uh, the the conference championship matchups now others also have massive playoff implications and Georgia Bama certainly does but like I think this is the game that everyone is most excited to watch just because like we've been talking about it all year long like how good is is Georgia and then seeing Alabama from where they were early in the season to where they are now like we're gonna really find out about these two teams about the level of how good the SEC is potentially right based off of where we've seen the rest of the SEC um Georgia versus Alabama, the game, of course, in uh, in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia is favored by five and a half points currently. This is down from, what, six and a half or seven points, I think, it opened up at? It's five and a half? I believe so, yes. Wow, um, how about that? So it's dropping, yes. Current current is five and a half. Uh, well, hang on. So let's just let the listeners know, if you're interested in whatever side, because we're going to give our handicaps, you can get six and a half on FanDuel. Yep. So uh, that's available there. You can get six on Bet Rivers. But a lot of other places, it is five and a half. So. Yeah, and you can get it like uh, it's, this one was as low as four and a half at some points too. And but I think it also shot up. Who are you taking to like this game, seven? Will? Who are you taking? Well, I when we talked uh, like we talked about this recently, and you were like, "This is going to easily be a bet board game" because you were so sure I'd take Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really torn. That's the truth because I know what your analysis is going to be for taking Alabama. Look, here. Can I ruin your fun? Yeah. It's five and a half. I'm not taking five and a half. You're not taking... No, uh, I'll take six, but I'm not doing five and a half. So at the market <clears throat> number, if you're not going to budge, then we don't have that board anyway, right. so I don't want to play that I game. I mean, I, like, I get the analysis, right? Everyone is going to assume seeing, especially with Alabama struggling and like literally le- needing one of the luckiest endings we've ever seen uh, in the end of the of the Iron Bowl to get that win. Um, and yeah, it's you know Georgia. They didn't look great against Georgia Tech either. But like, I don't know. I mean, like this Alabama team, no doubt has has been way better than everyone has given them credit for. Basically, all year long, he's got the Alabama helmet on right now. Um, on top of the hat, it looks good on you, dude. Yeah, thanks. Um, I like the truth is that I feel like Georgia's defense is not nearly as elite as it was the last two years, and I think Alabama is going to be able to score in this game. And so, ultimately, what I think will decide this is how well Carson Beck performs against Alabama's defense. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. At five and a half, like, I think I will take Georgia, but I got to say, like, I think it's the square. I think it's, like, one of the most square picks I can make is Georgia minus five and a half. What are you looking for? The Georgia helmet. Georgia helmet. Where is it? It's around here somewhere. I missed the Georgia helmet. Yeah. I don't know. And the white one, too. I like the alternate helmet. That's right. That one's classy. Interesting. I don't know. You're the one that cleaned up down here, so (laughs) you tell me. Um Look, Brian, it's Brian John Elway Hall. If I'm 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 with you. If this goes to six or above, I would absolutely want Bama at that point. But like five and a half is a key number. I'm sure you'll you'll have some notes on that too. I like I really just think that Georgia's offense is elite. And I think Kirby Smart has proven in matchups with Nick Saban, like he can coach to his level or above. Like honestly. He has I think Georgia has more talent. Um I I think the more talented team overall, I just think that you know, it's not often you get a chance to bet Bama as this many points of an underdog. Give me six. And no, Give not for six. a bad board game. No, not knowing how poorly the bowl games turned out for me last year. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> Five and a half, I'll, I'll, I'll take Georgia, but I will say if it was six or above or it goes there, I'll be taking, uh, I'll be taking Bama. Hmm, well, 
Um, no bet board then, but you know what? I do uh, like Bama at six. I think that this is the exact kind of game Bama wins. Now, my only concern is when we talk about the intangible, true talent of this offense. Overall FEI efficiency, they're number 22 in the country. Not bad, but that's not like what you need to win. We've said it all year. We've said it for a couple years. In this era of football, I'd rather have the great offense and pretty good defense compared to the great defense, pretty good offense. Alabama doesn't have that this year. FEI, 22 offense, 10 defense. Over the course of 60 minutes, does Georgia just like wear them down, convert those third downs? I mean, I could see a game where it's still 10-7 at halftime, and then Georgia wins the third quarter 7-3, and all of a sudden it's it, it's 17-10, and they pull away in the fourth. So I could see a lot of scenarios here where Georgia does cover the spread in a game where they don't have to blow them out. It's 5.5. They could win 26-20 and cover the spread. So I don't love the matchup for either team. I mean, there's a lot that, that Alabama's done this year that I've loved. They've gotten better. This coaching staff's really, you know, got this team to play better as the years went on, as the years gone on. But so is Georgia. That's the definition of what Kirby Smart and this team has done. So uh, overall, yeah, uh, pass here, but it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 can't wait to see, this, yeah. I can't wait to see how Jalen Milroe performs against this Georgia defense because, again, like I think they have some holes. And like we've seen it this year. We've seen Georgia be absurdly dominant, by the way, too, uh, many times. But we've also seen like some offenses that you wouldn't expect be able to move the ball against Georgia like do that. And if there's one team that, that like that is certainly capable of that, it's definitely Alabama. And I think Jalen Milroe, by the way, like you know, I, I hope the Heisman goes to uh, to uh, Jaden Daniels just from LSU, quite frankly. But like, why? I I mean, his numbers are absurd. Everyone everyone who's put up the same level of numbers uh, when it comes to total yards and and rushing touchdowns and all that as a quarterback has won the Heisman before. Okay, do you want to be honest though with the with the Do you want to be honest with the audience? Sure. You have been a closet LSU fan since Orgeron was there. Not in the closet. I'm fully out there, baby. I've never <laughs> been. Uh, how dare you? Well, we got behind you. You can see we got the LSU swag for the studio because of you. Of course. We got that because of you. I'm still the biggest Coach O stand. Yes, it's true. But I, I, I think that regardless of, and I think Jaden Daniels does win it, by the way. But like Jalen Monroe should be a finalist, in my opinion. And if he wins this game, I think, the, and he has a huge game, there could be a discussion about him being up there and competing for it. But anyway, look, I, I think this it's just too tricky of a number. I'll give out Georgia minus uh, five and a half, but don't love the current number. All right. Uh, ACC championship game, Florida State minus two and a half versus Louisville here. The game is in Charlotte, of course. Um, you know, I don't love – I'll say this. I think Florida State is still super talented, and obviously losing Jordan Travis is huge for them. There's still a team that's extremely capable of running the ball at an elite level like we saw it. Yeah, they struggled early against uh, Florida last week, but eventually they were able to figure the things out and they ended up looking like Florida State and they still have an extremely talented defense. I think Mike Norvell is is like an extremely underrated coach, but like this is a a huge spot for Jeff Brom. And I think he I think Jeff Brom has like that big game coach in him. And yeah, they lost last week in a really disappointing spot. Um, I think that was a, a major look-ahead moment for them. I think Louisville wins this game, frankly. And it terrifies me, by the way, as a Michigan fan, because my biggest nightmare right now is Ohio State sneaking into the playoff and Michigan having to play them again. And I think that if Florida State loses... There's no way two Big Ten teams get in. Oh, there's absolutely a way. Are you no kidding me? Chance. If Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama is out of the discussion. Okay. Uh, if Oklahoma State beats Texas... And by the way, they may not even need to beat Texas to... 
Uh, like Texas may not be able to jump Ohio State. They're behind Ohio State right now, right? And then you have who Texas lose to? Texas lost to Alabama. Or no, sorry, they lost to uh, Oklahoma. Um, that's their one loss. But uh, okay, so let's say this <clears throat> scenario: Texas beats Oklahoma State, but it's not a blowout. Um, they beat them. They even maybe like win by like ten or eleven, but it's yeah. not super 30, convincing. 20, yeah. Florida State loses to Louisville, which I think might I think I think that's going to happen. Um, then you have uh, Washington beats Oregon. Washington beats Oregon. Oregon now has two losses. They're not in the discussion. And Georgia beats Alabama. Who are you putting in? Are you putting in Texas or Ohio State? Because right now, Ohio State is ahead of Texas. And if Texas barely gets a win, and it's not convincing. How many? What is the? And I know the committee doesn't use a flawless logic every single week. But are they going to hurdle? Just because Texas has one more win? Well, maybe because Texas didn't play a game. Or Ohio State didn't play Ohio a game. State right. play, yeah. Yeah, so. totally. Mm. But again, like we were having the same discussion last year, and I was saying no way is Ohio State going to get in the playoff after mm. they got their asses kicked by Michigan. Yeah, but not playing this week has a big deal. It's, yeah. it's a huge But they deal. also didn't get their asses kicked by Michigan. They played really close mm. um, and on the road. You know what I mean? Road game. So It's going to be crazy. It's terrifying to me. But to go back to the ACC championship game, like, this is a spot where I think Louisville really shines. And yeah, like Florida State has all the motivation in the world. And and if Florida State wins, by the way, I really like I want them to get in because I feel like they've they've earned it. But um I think this is a dangerous spot for Florida State. I'm taking Louisville plus two and a half. Yeah, I don't have a bet this game after and I don't have a ton to add to what you just said. After all adjustments, my point spread, I've got FSU about minus two. So I don't see a ton of value here. If I can get Louisville plus three, I'm probably gonna take that, but Look, I thought last week was a clear look-ahead spot for Louisville, and a lot of people are going to overreact to that and say, well, look how they looked last week. They lost. That, that to me, is a team that's not used to success in a spot where it happens. It happens to the best teams. Yeah, it's going to happen to Louisville in, in, in Brom's first year there. So I expect Louisville to flip the switch, be completely ready for this game. But how good is Louisville? FEI ratings, 24th offense, 21st defense. Compared to Florida State, where... Florida State all year was 8th offense. Last couple weeks, they've fallen to 15th. So not looking great advanced statistics for that offense. But the defense for Florida State, very good. ninth overall. So no no play here. I've got it right around the point spread. But I'd lean Louisville if it moves to the uh, plus 3. So Love it. Okay. Uh, and then last but not least here, the Big Ten Championship game. Now, I got two bets this game. Two bets? Oh, I pray you're taking two the bets. under. Um, Michigan versus Iowa here. Game in Indianapolis at uh, Lucas Oil Field, Michigan. 22 point favorite here over Iowa. Now, when they played this, they played the same matchup two years ago when Michigan and Iowa met in the, in the Big Ten Championship game, and Michigan blew them out. However, like, I think Michigan has proven themselves to be able to throw the ball on bad defenses really well, and their passing game has struggled against pretty good defenses, right? You look at, at you know the last few weeks, the passing game hasn't been good. There's been J.J. McCarthy injuries involved in that. Sounds like he's more healthy, but even still, like there are other guys that are going to be out for this game for Michigan. Will Johnson, their best cornerback, he got injured in the Ohio State game. My, you know, there's a chance he plays. My instinct is that they're just going to rest him for the playoffs. Um, and of course, Michigan lost their best offensive lineman, Zach Zinter, mm-hmm. for the year. He broke his leg in that Michigan-Ohio State game. That has a big effect on this Michigan offense as well. And frankly, Michigan doesn't need to play for points. Like, they don't need to get margin. And a 22-point spread is a lot, even against a team in Iowa, who frankly, I don't see them scoring 
maybe any points against Michigan's defense. <laughs> or if they if they do, it's going to be like a garbage time touchdown at the very end of the game or something. I really don't think Iowa is going to be moving the ball well. But all that being said, here's the other factor that everyone has to take into account here is that on Iowa's team, someone who will not be playing but is on the roster and will absolutely be helping in scheming and game planning and has been this whole week is Cade McNamara, the transfer quarterback mm-hmm. from Michigan. And this guy took some shots at Michigan on his way out. He doesn't have great things to say about Michigan right now. I think he knows a lot about this Michigan program, about players and tendencies, and he'll be able to give them an, an advantage there too. But ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, I think Michigan's much better, but I don't think that they have the incentive to run this up. If I was going to take the spread, I would take Iowa plus 22, but the bet I like, Tyler, is, of course, the Iowa under. We're riding it. We're going to continue to ride it until it ends 34 and a half. Well, maybe we can get a bet board game. All right, so my two bets this game are going to be, right now on DraftKings, you can get this, Iowa team total over first half. Is that half point? 0.5 points (laughs) at minus 130. So I'm taking a field goal. Field goal or safety. If they did it with a safety, that'd be the funniest way to do I'm it. I'm taking Iowa over a half in the first half. So give me one point in the first <laughs> Juicy. half. And I'm taking Iowa over two and a half in the second half at minus one fifteen. Wait, how is that how if they're Look, it doesn't make sense. Because their team total is like <laughs> is like seven and a half. That's why it? I'm taking this. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that math doesn't make sense at all. No. But so, you can find it. So you, right now on DraftKings, as we speak, so the over in the first half is 0.5. I'm taking that, minus 130. And I'm taking over in the second half, 2.5, 2.5 at uh, minus 115. Love so it. those are our two bets for this game. We talked motivation for Texas and their desire to pull away. Michigan does not have that. Michigan wins therein. And I think that's going to be a very, very conservative game plan for Michigan. And it will be heavy on defense and and field position. So I understand it's going to be tough for Iowa to score. I just think Iowa is going to go absolutely all out this game. Fake punts, trickery, doing everything they can do. Iowa wants to muddy this game up. That's 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 the only way they can win is to muddy this thing up, make it a street fight, make Michigan uncomfortable, get them into penalties, get in their heads. Like They have to try everything in the book. So I think Iowa can muster their way down the field, get a field goal. Get a somewhere. Get a field goal, you know, get three points, get within the 30-yard line, I think, and score some points here. So that's why those are my bets. And Iowa, their true talent is defensively. So I think the the field position game isn't going to be as easy as Michigan thinks it's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of back-and-forth punts and – if Iowa can somehow gain 20, 25 yards in the field position battle, I see them being able to, to eke some points out. So we'll go over a half in the first half, over two and a half second half. By the way, my FEI ratings, I like to say, Michigan, number three offense, number four defense. Iowa, number 119 offense, <laughs> number six defense. So Shout we'll go Iowa parents. over in both halves individually. So. See, now there's a couple of interesting – like this is – Ryan, you looking this bet up? This There's a couple there of interesting – uh, motivational things here though like this is Harbaugh's first game back after the suspension he'll certainly be fired up by the way maybe the most uh can't miss like even if Michigan is blowing out Iowa in this game and you're ready to turn it off don't do that and the reason why is because there's going to be can't miss TV at the end if Michigan wins this game 
Big Ten commissioner Tony Petiti, who suspended Harbaugh, who is like the number one enemy of all Michigan fans right now, will literally be handing Jim Harbaugh <laughs> the Big Ten championship trophy. And that will be incredible to see if Harbaugh, you know, stiffs him or just takes the trophy and turns the cold shoulder. Like, can't wait for that. But can't wait. Yeah, going to be incredible. Ryan, uh, did you find the bets? Uh, sorry, I'm looking. Oh, okay. I think I saw one that you were talking about, although you said it was on FanDuel or DraftKings? DraftKings. DraftKings. Okay, interesting. Well, stick around for the extracurriculars. We have good stuff. Tyler brought a surprise. Yep. Uh, what are we see. calling it? It's uh, Parody Plaza. Parody Plaza. Yes. Incredible. So wait and see. Follow us on Twitter and uh, join the Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash college ball tailgate. So, so I passed a guy on the road the other day, and he was eating noodles with chopsticks. Ooh, while driving? While driving. Oh, that is impressive. It was bizarre. I couldn't believe what I saw. Very impressive. I've, I mean, never, I've done that, but not with chopsticks. How was his driving? But, well, hold on. You've done we'll what? The you, you've eaten noodles? <laughs> I've eaten noodles while driving, yes. Well, like that's a bowl a little of reckless. Noodles? Or like, was it like more like it a was pad just, thai? No, it was just like leftover spaghetti. Okay. And then like I didn't get my full lunch break. And you know how I go home for lunch every day? Uh-huh. So I was driving in the meantime. Wow, and you ate spaghetti on the road. Was I this mean, in a bowl or in like a Tupperware? Yeah, or just a, a Tupperware. Okay. Yeah, well, th- well, this mm. guy had chopsticks. Chopsticks is dangerous. <laughs> so How was his driving? <laughs> That's ill Was uh, he like swerving or did he have his shit together? You know, it wasn't that noticeably bad. I Now, I noticed it because he kind of broke a little quickly to the left lane of me and yeah, his sure. light was on. So he was like using his light to <clears throat> navigate probably the soy sauce and the other <laughs> condiments he was using. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was uh, chopsticking his, mm. his... So so where do we land on eating in the car? Is it okay? I mean, look, I have a fry on my way home from Chick-fil-A. That's my extent of eating in the car. I don't like to eat. I, I mean, look, I feel like I'm pro eating in the car if it's a meal that you can eat in the car. Yeah, I would not eat spaghetti. I mean, if I had to, of course, I was in a pinch and all I had was spaghetti <laughs> noodles and a Tupperware. But I prefer like burgers, wraps, um, a burrito something occasionally. Hand-held. Yeah, exactly. Something that is made uh, to go, you know, an on the go food. Sure. Right. Um, okay. Well, I was terrified, and a message to everyone out there: just pay attention to the fucking road. If you have to eat, look. If this if this person was in a hurry and had to have their noodles at that time. Couldn't you pull over for five minutes and eat your noodles and then get to your destination? That's like, can true. You call, can't you call the people? Maybe, but see, now he's operating at double efficiency here. He's driving and and eating noodles. If he does yeah. it successfully, then I'm all for it. Look, I'm just saying. If if, if look, okay. is there a rule against eating with chopsticks while you're I'm driving? I'm pretty sure eating is illegal. I don't think it is. I don't think eating while driving is illegal. It's but you can't talk be on illegal. your phone. You can't. Well, you can talk, but you can't. Text. You know, I've gotten a ticket for texting before. Really? And, and when she pulled that doesn't me, shock me. And when she pulled me over, she was like, "You know, I pulled you over." And because I, I knew I was going like twenty in a forty. <laughs> 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 I just there was a light. It's on uh, University, close to Highlands Ranch, so it like speeds up down there. But there's lights, and so I was just getting off the light, and I was so deep in this text, and I was being an idiot, a clear idiot. So I didn't even argue it. I was just like, "Yeah, I was texting. I'm sorry. I was being dumb." Wow, you, know. you admitted it. That's a lawyer would that's say. That's what all that's my friends. You know move. what's funny? All of my friends who seemingly are good people all said, "Like, why'd you admit it? Why'd you man?" Like, because I didn't feel like being a piece of shit and making up some dumb lie. Oh, I wasn't. I was doing that. It's like, why? Just I, I get a warrant. I did something wrong. I'll fucking pay the 
thing and move on. Like it was my fault. Mm. I hate this thing of like trying to escape you. What you you I made the choice to text, right? Sure. And then why am I going to weasel out of that? You're thing? a good. I don't man. get that. Anyway, You're a good man. Owning right, let's turn the page. There. Uh, it, it's movie season. You guys know how much I love going to the movies. Sure. Now, where do you guys fall in the movies? Do you go out of your way like I do to go see movies you don't really want to see because you love the movie experience? See, I'll see all kinds of movies that I normally wouldn't watch because no, I love going to the movies. Never, never. I'll never see a movie that I think is going to suck in theaters. Like, well, I don't think it's going to It's not about the, the movie experience for me. It, I, I only want the movie experience for something that I'm excited to see. Okay. That's it. Ryan, what about you? I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, for me... I just really love the experience. Sure. I love going to the movies, getting the seats, the popcorn, the pre. Oh, well, you know, they don't have as many pre-movie uh, trivia questions as they used to. Right, God, right. I loved the pre-movie trivia. Those were fun. Those were so fun. Now it's just stupid, you know. It's commercials. It's, it's commercials. Just, like but, commercials, not even just previews for other movies. It's, it's like legitimately okay, like but Toyota commercials. I'm a preview guy. I love previews. Sure. Most people want to get there when the previews are over. I like previews so that's one thing but here but i don't judge previews as if these are movies i should watch Mm -hmm. i don't i know that you can make the worst movie look good with a preview i just enjoy them Mm -hmm. i just think they're fun but so sometimes sometimes the trailer is better than the movie oh it's almost always better unless the movie's very good okay so did you hear this did you hear the the grand news die hard is being shown nationwide in amc theaters on uh, Christmas, on, on a, a no, it's the eighth, right? On, but it's on December Christmas 8th. season. They're not well, doing this in April. No, no, no. This is why it's because it's, it's a Christmas movie, right? We can all agree. On December eighth, December eighth. Oh my gosh, well, I'm gonna go. But here's the I, reason: seeing it, in maybe theaters? we can all go together. Maybe we can all yeah, go as a, sure. as a group. But uh, it's also the anniversary. Now we have ah, to remember. We have to rewind the clock. However so many years ago this was. Too. It came out during Christmas time because it's a clear Christmas movie, and. It and this is obviously a, a hard a hardened debate amongst movie lovers. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It has been for years. I'm in the camp. It is. Will's in the camp. It is. Ryan, where do you stand on this? Um, I'd say no. Really, it's not a Christmas movie. No. Now, are you passionate about this? We're because it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. What about the yeah, ho? Just ho? The fa- ho. Just, just the fact. Just the fact Santa, that, it, that it's, it's a Christmas party. That it's during. A Christmas party. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy who gets dragged to a Christmas party he doesn't want to go to, and then he gets stuck in a pile of shit. What could be more Christmas than but, but, that? But hold on for a sec, because Allie and I, every every year, we do this thing, and Ryan tried to copy it last year, a couple years ago, where <laughs> <laughs> what we this do is... This is the hill you're going to die on? <laughs> <laughs> so what we do is every October... We spend the whole month, every night, we watch a Halloween episode of something different, a sitcom or a show. Every no, uh, uh, day in November, we watch a Thanksgiving episode. And every day in December, we watch a Christmas episode, right? The way we decide the criteria for, you know, when we're saying, what's a, what's a Halloween episode? What's a Christmas episode? It doesn't have to be centered around Christmas. Often, mm. a Christmas episode just has decorations in the background and there's other stuff going on. Sure. So when I define a Christmas episode or movie, it doesn't have to be about Christmas. It doesn't have to be jingle all the way. Where Arnold Schwarzenegger's playing Santa and all this stuff's happening and oh He was Turbo Man. Get to the Turbo Man. That's not what we need for <laughs> Christmas movies all the time. I think it's about what's the setting. So that's where I come with it. Okay. That's my but December eighth, in theaters, get your tickets now. Die Hard will be out. Well, yeah. Interesting. All right. Um now I had a segment that I was gonna do on the uh game awards, but let's skip that. You know? Um I but here's what we'll say. 
if you like to bet on award shows, oh yeah, the Game Awards are coming up on the seventh, uh, December seventh. And if you want to bet on them, you can do so at BetUS.com. Now, the thing, the great thing about BetUS is they're friends of the show. Um, if you sign up with promo code TAILGATE, you will get access to all kinds of bonuses and promos you wouldn't have access to otherwise. It's really cool what I've gotten signed up there as a member of this show just because I, I, I use the promo code. Now, here's what I recommend. Don't take the bonus because they're going to offer you 150% bonus. But there's a big rollover. I say sign up, use tailgate as the promo code, and just make a normal deposit. Put in 20 bucks, right? Just a normal 20 with no bonus. And you're going to start getting email after email with these great promos because you used our promo code. So what you can do on, on uh, BetUS is bet these award shows. And like I said, the game awards are coming up on the 7th. Now, the category that I was looking, looking at for my bets, let, let's give out a quick best bet here. Best independent game. Okay. Now here's the three top uh, selections. The favorite, Dave the Driver, minus 150. Dave the Driver is a game. <laughs> this actually kind of sounds fun and silly and cool. So Dave the Driver, it's like a pixelated game. It kind of looks like Minecraft-ish, mm-hmm. but like more defined. Not Minecraft exactly, but like it's not great graphics. But the point is, during the day, you are a fisherman and you you work as a hardworking diver you collect fish you solve quests and at night you run a sushi restaurant <laughs> and so you take the fish you make and you run a sushi restaurant at night people apparently love this game so that's minus 150 day of the driver okay second is sea of stars plus 180 which is like a role-playing attack-based game kind of a nerd game if you ask me yeah. and then the third one is called cocoon that's plus 250 cocoon and this one is really cool so you you play as a uh beetle in the world and you can jump between realities and dimensions and un- unveil the un- the uh, mysteries of the universe mm. and so when i first saw this i'm going wait cocoon so here's the here's the actual definition of the game on wikipedia Cocoon is a 2023 puzzle adventure game developed by Geometric Interactive and published by Annapurna Interactive. The player controls a beetle that can hop between worlds, solving puzzles to unravel the universe's mysteries. And my immediate thought was, what kind of drugs are kids on these days? (laughs) Good question. What what is going on? You know what we used to play? It was a game called Madden. That's (laughs) That's what I used to play. NCAA 14. Is what I used to play. This no, is bananas is that, to me. Is that that much different than you know, a couple of dudes in Japan coming up with like these Italian plumbers that kill turtles and you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, Dave the Driver. Uh, let's go with the favorite minus one fifty. Yeah, on board. Okay, okay. BetUS.com promo code tailgate. All right, let's move on to a game. Uh, this is going to be a trivia based two part game. A little bit of tr- little bit of Jeopardy. Three Jeopardy questions. And then we have some real or fake. So it's kind of a fun trivia-based segment that we're molding into one, okay? So let's start off with some Jeopardy. Uh, This is random, fun Jeopardy to get our juices flowing, okay? To get our creative uh, uh, answering questions juices flowing, okay? Okay. Okay. What country are you visiting if you see the Taj Mahal? I know this one. Do you? Go for it, Will. India. Yes, Will. One nothing. Okay. Next. What is the name of the scale used to measure the spiciness of peppers? I know that one. Scoville. Yep. Okay. One one. 
Next and final Jeopardy question here. You guys are you feel the juices flowing? Sure. You feel that? You feel that flowing. blood pumping? All right, it's getting juicy. What are the three primary colors? Oh, I always fuck this up. By the way, so right, you go for it first. I'll let you know if you're right or not. I'm gonna guess. I know one of them is red. I think another is. See, this is where it's. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up sounding like a fool here. I think it's red, yellow, correct, and blue. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, congratulations, buddy! I don't get how. Is it just all colors come from just those three? Yeah, dude. That's the why they're primary colors. The world's a weird place. The world's a fascinating place. So yeah, uh, Will's up two one technically. All right, wow. now let's get to real or fake. Now, this is a, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know this is a, an, an original that David Spade stole from us. Yes. Uh, it's called Real or Fake, and it's easy. Fuck you, David Is this Spade. Real or Fake? Now, today's <laughs> category is fun facts, largely scientific fun facts. Mm. You know how I like to get scientific. Sure. All right, so Real or Fake, let's start off. Some species of dolphin communicate using oxygen and bubbles underwater. Known as bubble language. Real or fake? I'll go real. Fake. That is fake. Ryan oh. is up one nothing. <laughs> that is from the brain of me. All right, next. From the brain of me. Uh, when several bees get trapped in honey at the same time, they will synchronize their movements while trying to escape the honey. This is known as synchronized honey dancing. Oh, <laughs> there's something that honeybees actually do to kill the queen and it's something similar but i think you kind of manipulated a little bit i'm going fake the name is yeah it's fake synchronized honey dancing the fact that it's synchronized (laughs) honey dancing is fake that is fake i made that up but that would be hysterical okay synchronized Uh, now again you know ryan have you noticed in this year's Real or Fakes, I always start off with two of the same, and it's just to get in Will's head, because now he doesn't know, am I going to go three fakes in a row? <laughs> it's all to get into Will's head. Okay, no. next. Won't work. The human stomach can dissolve razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> feel bad for whoever tested this out if it's real. Right. I'm going to go fake. Real. That's real. That is real. There was that a sucks. study published in the gastrointestinal uh, endoscopy, Ryan, help me here. Endoscopy. Endoscopy. And, uh, journal, which I read frequently, and I get the of weekly course. editions uh, delivered. <laughs> uh, so there was a study done there. Isn't that crazy? The, the 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 study was it compared the human pH of our the acid in our stomachs. Which okay, is like so they took a similar pH. They didn't make someone swallow a razor blade. No, because yeah. the but, problem you'd have there is that the razor blades would perforate your stomach before in the esophagus, the acid, right? Yeah, yeah. The, before the acid could dissolve. Yeah, but if it gets into but the stomach, it's a strong enough could. acid to dissolve pretty much. So anything. It, in, in, in with enough time, yes. yes. So right. it's it's just like dogs when they eat chicken bones. Chicken bones aren't actually like bad for dogs. It's the way down into the stomach. Right. That's, why don't make your dog, that's why I don't make your dog throw up if they eat chicken bones. Correct. There you go. You, you learn something now. Shit it right out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next. Clouds can weigh up to one million pounds. One million pounds. See? Real. Yeah. I mean, like a cloud could be huge. Like, like how big? Um, one cloud could be like. Like miles in length, so yes, I'll go. I'll that go sounds like yeah, true. It sounds like you asked me how much a cloud weighs—a <laughs> million. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's a million pounds. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That that is crazy. They're full of water, yeah. you know. Yes. Okay. Um, let's how do you see. weigh a cloud? That's stupid. Uh, okay. Next, 
Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's already. Uh, rats laugh when they're tickled. This is true. <laughs> Smitty, no. Smitty tickles rats. I guess I'll go real, too. That is real. Yep. That Smitty's is real. actually tickler. currently happening at my place of employment. They're offering <laughs> rat tickling classes. Dude, what? National Geographic <laughs> is on a study on this in a video. What, they, what's the class that needs to be taught on how to tickle rats? It so seems pretty straightforward. I, so you grab I, it, you I tickle its belly. the thought behind it is, <laughs> is like the whole, like the way you feel in general mm-hmm. will help um, solve... Or help cure medical things. So making a rat really happy and then studying it. Yeah. Mm. Making it laugh. Laughter uh, is the best medicine. It truly is. We found it out by tickling rats. (laughs) Okay. Only two more here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Great Wall of China was originally built to keep out invasive animals. Fake. Fake. Yes, fake. And then last year, uh, when hedgehogs adjust their needles, it's strictly for aesthetics. They are the only animals known to have different hairstyles based on taste and preference. (laughs) Aesthetic. Uh, I'm going fake. Real. That's fake. (laughs) I want it to be real. All right. Doing his hair in the water. All right. Let's get out there. Incredible. All right. um, So that does it for real or fake. All right. Hello. I'm interrupting myself. Step aside, Tyler. It's time for Tyler to talk. All right. Here's what happened, everyone. Uh, I am in post right now. I'm doing the editing process. I had to cut out the last chunk of the show. Guess why? We went to Parody Plaza. I sang a little bit, and long story short, it was horrific. I mean, we are talking one of the worst performances of all time. So here's the beautiful thing. This kind of reminds me of, of uh, and, and again, Will and Ryan are long gone. I think they think this the, the song's going on the show, so they're going to be surprised too. It's not. I'm sorry to deprive you all of this. It's not going on. But this reminds me of uh, uh, years ago, I went to karaoke. And I did, uh, I did, well, I tried to do Warren G. Regulate. Go listen to Warren G. Uh, regulate if you haven't heard that before. I tried that and it was bad. It was there were it was horrible. It, it did not go well. And the difference here on the podcast is it's kind of it's kind of like the Matrix. I can mess with time. I you know we we all we often time travel on the show. But I'm sorry, y'all aren't gonna hear it. It's not gonna happen. So I do feel a little bad that it's not going on. Maybe like one day for our Patreon members, we'll <laughs> we could post it or something. But uh, I do I, I do want to say this. I do feel a little bit bad, okay? So, well, well, you all shouldn't feel bad. You all should be relieved. But I, I feel like we owe the audience a little something, okay? So we'll bring a little extra next week. I don't know what it's going to be, but we'll bring a little spice next week, a little, little lemon zest on top next week. So stay tuned for that. But, yeah, that's the extracurriculars. That does it for uh, today's show. Appreciate you listening. Uh, there's a show. That's a show. But uh, how does Will wrap this thing up? He always goes... Follow us on Patreon. Remember to rate and review wherever you listen. And we'll talk to you next week. 